Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Today was a setup. It was a setup. This song that they just sang, I was gonna call them and be like, is there any way you guys can learn this song? Because this song has been going on on my Alexa every single day and night because there's something about this song. But I didn't have time to call them and then I show up to church this morning and boom, look what happened. It's not just for me, but this is a setup for you. That this morning, we're gonna bookend this song too. So you sang this song just now for a reason. And they're gonna come back and at the end of my message, you're gonna sing it again. But this morning is a divine setup. I'm excited. Anything is possible. He set you up to say that this morning. It had to come out of your mouth this morning that anything is possible. He had to hear you say it. He had to hear you declare it to him. He needed to put you in a room full of amazing musicians and, and the singers that are next to you to hear you also sing, anything is possible. I believe that this morning there is a boulder that's going to move. There's some places, there's gonna be dark places this morning that God is asking you to go to. So that's why he's saying, I just need a divine setup. I need you to speak the words, anything is possible. So let's give it up for God one more time. Let's give it up for the worship team. Thank you guys. So good this morning. We can all have a seat. It's gonna be really good. We are in a new message this morning called Reborn. New message series, Reborn, Made in God's Image. Reborn. You know, birth isn't like a cute thing. It can get a little messy, you know, when we are born into this world. It's not, you know unicorns and sunshines and flowers when we go through a rebirth. But that again is what God has for us. I don't know if you've been to men and women's prayer lately, but uh, hey, shout out, shout out. We're now combined forces. So we have Tuesday is when we have the men show up, 5.30 a.m. They are men, 5.30 a.m. I'm gonna get there, rise or shine, whatever I'm feeling before work, and I am showing up 5.30. So the women are the more delicate creatures. We show up at 9.30 a.m. on Tuesday. So all the women in the house, you're welcome to come at the beautiful 9.30 uh, prayer time, hour of power. But while we've been there, there has been a theme that has been coming up. And the theme that's been coming up at these prayer meetings is that God is about ready to do a massive miracle in our own life. 
He's about ready to do something big and huge. It's a supernatural thing. It's a move of God. You can't deny that it's only him that's gonna be doing this, but you can feel it in your spirit that God is about ready to do something massive. And I'm not talking about in a year from now. I'm talking about in the next few months. That by before the end of this year, he has something that he's about ready to do. And it is a supernatural move of God. So we are excited. When we come to prayer, we have our faith on, we have our praise on, we have our expectations high, and we are praying and we are interceding for what God is doing. And while we're interceding for that, there's also been another theme that God has been bringing up as we're praying for this uh, amazing move of God that's about ready to happen. And what that is, is he wants to come in into our world and do a, a deep dive into our heart, into our life. He wants to do a deep dive and, and he wants to go to the places that could seem really dark. And he wants to start illuminating that part of our world. And he wants to bring a resurrection to that dark area that we thought was too far gone. So before he's about ready to move, he cares about you. He cares about your personal world. And he has a miracle ready for you. But in order for that miracle to sustain and for that miracle to happen, we need to go and do a deep dive in some areas and let God highlight some things that we can believe for again that he can resurrect in our own life. So the title of my message this morning is Remove the Stone Blocking Your Resurrection. Remove the Stone Blocking Your Resurrection. We talk about new oil in church, and it's a good thing to talk about. We want the oil of God to overflow in our life. And when you think about oil, oil, the, the typical oil well is 20,000 feet deep is how far you have to dig in order to get to that oil. And I thought of us in our own lives that how many of us are at the 10,000 feet deep and we are just sweating, giving up. Oh my gosh, God, how much further do I have to go? 10,000 feet is a pretty long way to dig. You know, I got my tools, got the whole thing. I'm at 10,000 feet, God. And the average oil well is about 20,000 feet deep that we have to keep going. And he's saying, keep going, because that's where I have the oil that's going to burst out, that's going to provide for you, that's going to have a miracle in your life, where you're going to have a new life, resurrection, life of joy that's going to overflow in your life. Are you willing to continue to dig? There's actually a well here. It's about 15,000 feet deep. But we can go to Kentucky, because Kentucky has a well that's only 75 feet deep, so that's a pretty good place to go. So maybe we should all pack our bags and go to Kentucky because the oil there is shallow. It's easy, easy street. But no, here in our lives, God is asking us to dig. And there is a story in the Bible that God highlighted to me that is a prophetic word for us. And it is the story of Lazarus, a dead man that was brought back to life. And I'm going to do it again. I did it at the 30. Only one person left, Pastor, Pastor Scott. 
he left. He le- he's back, though. I mean, God did a work in him. He's got his notepad. And uh, so what I want to do, I want to read because it's hard. If I summarize this story to you, it's going to take me just as long as it is for me to read these 44 scriptures. I have 44 scriptures for you this morning. And if I ever look up, can you just have a smile on your face? Because if you look bored, it distracts me. So just like look like you're so into this and you're oh, like this is so good. Maybe some of you even stand up while I say something on the, you know, while I read. It's going to be that good. But by the end of this too, you're going to be educated. You're going to have a graduation hat on. You know, you are reading the Bible today. So it's going to be good. Are you guys ready? Okay, good. Thank you for enthusiasm. Thank you. You're not going to be bored. Church is not boring. The Bible is not boring. And I'm going to try to read really fast, not like interject things, because I tend to do that, and I'm just not going to. Anyway, story time. Okay, we are going to go to John 11, 44 scriptures. Oh, you guys are happy. You guys just love the Bible. Okay, very good. All right, John 11. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. Don't stand up on that part. You don't have to shout and cheer. He was sick, people. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary was, whose brother Lazarus was uh, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that, the God's, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Don't know why. Hmm. What's up, Jesus? Should have been there. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews were trying to stone you and you were going back? Jesus answered, are you not 12, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble, for they see by the world's, by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Good feedback, guys. You guys are, you're in this. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Someone needs to be woken up this morning. Jesus is coming here to wake us up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he's asleep, he'll get better. (laughs) The disciples are there for us, you know, they're just, it's a reflection of myself. If he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Obviously. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, D-E-D, dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, you unbelieving people, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. All right. We'll go and die. (laughs) On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days 
Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort those them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. You already told me this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who, oh, this is good service. I want to go to this church. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by me, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? How? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come into the world. And she's so just like a Harvard student, you know? After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered in the village, but still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house covering her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to go to the tomb and mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, the same thing as her sister, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Verse 35, as we all know, Jesus wept. This is part of your training this morning in your theology school. You get to learn verse five very well. You've memorized one verse. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. These people may not have, but Lord, you have. I knew that you always hear me too. God, I thank you. He's kind of rubbing it in their face. At least God listens. But I said, for, said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. We're almost done. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Yes. Ah, oh, you guys are, this is the best church ever. Like you guys are so fun. Okay, very good. So now you can move that little tassel on the other side of your hat. You just graduated Bible school. You did 44 verses today, it's a big deal. Whew. Okay, so back to my title, remove the stone blocking your resurrection. 
Oh, and nobody left. Pastor Scott stayed here the whole time. Give it up for Pastor Scott. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so there are three points that I believe can be taken out of this message for us to hear. Because when I say remove the stone blocking the resurrection, I feel like are we not seeing God move because we're blocking our own miracle? Could we be the stone that is blocking our own miracle? So three points. Point number one. I'll just say really quick, John eleven thirty nine. 39, Jesus says, take away the stone. He said to take away the stone. And Mary says to Jesus, he's been dead for four days. There's a stench. Okay, number one, stop educating yourself out of God's miracle. <laughs> Stop educating yourself out of God's miracle. She has been to women's prayer time after time, praying in her group. She gets in the middle. Okay, this time I'm going to pray and declare that this thing that is dead is going to live. This thing that is sick in my world is going to live. Jesus is going to resurrect. He's going to be there. All of a sudden, Jesus comes in and he says, let's take away the stone. And then here she is again, oh, but wait. You're now saying that my miracle is happening, but whoa, 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 whoa. Sure, I've been praying and I have been believing. I've been complaining. I mean, I've been praying, you know, about this whole thing. Venting to my connect group. It's just, you know, I need them for support. And then I hear God say, take away the stone. But Jesus, but, 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 we think that it's God who delays things, but we are the ones here standing and saying, whoa, 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 wait. But God, we're the ones delaying our own miracle at times. Take away the stone, but God, did you not know? Four days dead? Do you know what that looks like? Smelly. It is smelly. I think like the face kind of sinks in a little bit more. You know, are the nails still even there after four days? I don't know. Like is the skin in place or does it already, is it already off the bone? You know, four days. Like this is a person who's actually dead, you know, four days. That's a long time. And so she's trying to talk to God about the biology of everything and in the natural way, there's no way that this thing can come back to life. Biology says, okay, but when we're praying for a miracle, do you actually know what a miracle is? A miracle is when God trumps his own laws. God will trump his own laws. God made natural laws for us. And the natural laws are incredible. There's gravity, just I'm jumping, I'm having fun. There's physics, there's stuff in space that just goes in motion and, and stays in motion. I had to get a physics lesson this morning before I just made that little point. And because of God's natural laws, it feels like we can do some supernatural things, but it's just living in his natural laws. Like we get to go to the moon because we got to study God's natural laws. 
That is pretty cool. The blue moon, did anyone see the blue moon? Blue moon. Nobody? The blue moon was, okay, finally, some people. Anyway, it's, so we were looking at the blue moon. I was watch, watching this with our kids. And then, oh my goodness, we as mankind went to the moon. I think that's pretty crazy. You look at the moon and I'm like, oh my goodness, there were people that actually walked on that. And with God's natural laws. And so we can learn natural laws very well. But are we talking God out of the supernatural because of how well we understand the natural? And so God, who is a supernatural God, who can do things far above what we can ask, think, or imagine that are outside of this world and time, can do things that trumps his own laws. He overrides them. And so we need to stop educating ourselves out of God's miracle for us. You're saying to take away the stone, but my dream has died. It's already died. I've been praying for this, sure, I'll keep bringing it up. But now I've grieved, and the matter of the fact is. See, with Mary and Martha, they were two sisters that had their mindset that if God, if you would have been there at this time, if you would have been here then, when this trauma happens, when people keep, you know, this image that keeps coming up in my mind, God, if you were there at that time, my whole future would have been different. But now you're trying to bring that up now and you're trying to resurrect that now it's dead. Why are you trying to bring to life something that has already been dead? But God is the resurrection God. He wants to bring to life things that you think are dead in your life. His power is that great inside of us. So don't let your dream die this morning. And God wants to highlight those things in us this morning. Where are those dark places? You know, the scripture where it says Jesus wept that we all got to memorize this morning. Jesus wept. So Jesus weeps with us as we grieve, as certain things, as emotions take over. And grieving is a healthy thing. Emotions are healthy. But the thing with Jesus is that he didn't let his emotions overtake his theology. So we can learn that from him that we can be emotional about something, we can be grieving something, but don't let it get to a place that it's too far gone emotionally or grieving, that you are not declaring in faith, you are not seeing what God is doing, that you're not saying God will resurrect this thing. Don't let your emotions override theology. Very good. Okay, so that's number one. Stop educating yourself out of God's miracle. So let's do that this morning. We're going to stop it and let's believe. So number two, John eleven forty. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So point number two, if you believe, you will see. If you believe, you will see. Again, as humans, we would love to see it, to believe it. That's how we're sometimes wired. If we see it, 
we will believe it. And a politer way to say that is, I hope this happens. Oh, I hope so. That's you being very nice and saying, "Mm, I'll believe it when I see it. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. So that's your just, you know, you're being kind to whoever, trying not to be a faith blocker or whatever to somebody else. We'll see. Eh. But we have to believe to see. Again, God created in his, super, his supernatural laws. He said in order to have that miracle, in order to see that miracle revealed in us, in order to have new life, new joy, and all of that, we have to be able to believe first in order to see it in the natural. You have to get it inside of you. He wants you to believe in your heart. In Matthew 12, 34, it says, over the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And in Matthew 13, 58, it said, he didn't do mighty works there because of their unbelief. So our words locate where our miracle is at. Your words locate your miracle. Because over the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, we like to record prophetic words that we're getting. I think we also need to turn the recorder on when some, you know, situation arises and see how we're talking back in that situation. And then we're going to press replay and be like, ooh, so that's where I'm located at. That's the type of faith I have. How is your response? Your words will locate your miracle. Some of us need to zip it and zip it good, just for a moment, just for a moment. And then we can read the Bible and then maybe start saying something like uplifting, like the Bible. But actually, uh, Zach, I, I forgot his name, Zachariah. Yes, Zachariah, God had to do some zipping for his mouth because they had a miracle baby, John the Baptist was going to be born and God just said, you know what, Zachariah, I'm going to shut your mouth for about nine months here. (laughs) Can't say anything. Because if you start speaking, you're going to block your miracle. So for some of us, we need to zip it and zip it good until we get a heart transplant to start believing again and start to have faith again so that over the overflow of our heart, is our mouth is going to speak in belief. (laughs) That our unbelief isn't going to block our resurrection. So your words locate you. If you are single and want to marry, what are your words saying? What is locating, what are your words locating in you? If you're unhappy with your health, what are your words locating in you? Please don't be saying, I hope God comes through. We'll see. Please don't do that. That is a spirit of unbelief. You got to start getting a heart transplant of belief. If you're wanting to start a family, what are your words locating about you and your miracle? Are you complaining, grumbling over it month after month? It's located now. It's located. Ooh. I got to start switching up what I'm saying. 
you're wanting your spouse to know Jesus, what are your words locating in you? If you're beat up financially, that's a hard one. If you're beat up financially, what are your words locating in you? Is finance now a God in your life? Is it now an idol? Your words will dictate where you're at. Charity just said it this morning. God is the God of provision. But if we're outside of that, then we think money is our provision. We think that our business and all that type of stuff is going to provide for us. And now I need to strive and serve this master of money, of finances. And sometime, God, you're going to get me my breakthrough all the while not knowing that I am serving an idol. And God says, don't have any idols before me. What are your words locating in you? If you're worried about your kids, what are your words locating in you? Are you fearful? What are your words saying? You can be in fear or you can be in faith. If you have faith in your words, your miracle is coming. That is a good thing. Your miracle is coming. And if you have unbelief, mockery, or grief, then maybe that's causing a blockage in your miracle. So we got to remove the stone. Believing is like a flashlight. So for us to believe again, we need to turn on the flashlight, the the light that Jesus talks about, that if we live in the light, then we'll be able to see things. If we live in darkness, that's where death happens. So how is our light? When I talk about also digging deep into the, the oil well, and you're probably you're 10,000 feet deep and you're doing really good, how is your light dimness in this area? How is your light? Do you need to turn on your light more and speak faith and put a garment of praise around you? Do you need to put praise on in your house so at least your house is singing it while you're, you know, chipping away at the well? Where is your light source? If it's dim, yeah, you're going to feel pretty claustrophobic. You're going to feel like the weight of the world is on you. You're going to feel that panic is coming. Panic, I need to get out of this cave. Yes, you're in a cave, but God is doing a great work in you. He's doing a resurrection in you. Just continue to to believe, continue to fight, continue to turn the light on. Do you have an industrial light so you can see 100 feet backwards, 100 feet forward? That's the kind of light I want to have in the dark cave that God is asking me to go into so that he can resurrect There's a participation that we must have. And the light is our belief system. If we believe it, we will see it. And God will put himself on display. That's the other amazing thing. Because he says that, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Our miracle isn't just for ourselves. Our miracle is for declaring and testifying the glory, the goodness of God in our life. Salt Lake City needs to hear some testimonies about the goodness of God that's happening. Salt Lake City needs to hear about the glory of God. We need to put him on a billboard and proclaim how good he is and what a miracle worker he is. We need to put him on display. 
He's putting himself on display. We just need to be the mouthpiece to echo it out. And he wants to share that glory with you. All right, point number three. Actually, hold on. Number two. (laughs) Number two, point B. (laughs) Pastor Jenny shared this earlier. What she saw, because she was in the uh, 830 service, is that when we testify about how good God is for him removing the stone and giving us that resurrection, giving us the miracle, giving us the new birth. What we're doing is we're slinging that stone to the devil. Slinging that stone out to Goliath. And so not only are people coming to believe God for the first time, that you're displaying how that, oh my goodness, by your words, by your mouth, people are coming in now to the house of God, running in, because they didn't know that there's a God of miracles who are, who's alive and who has something for them and a resurrection life for them. We're not only bringing in new people, new believers into the house of God, we're also slaying down the devil which is awesome. I want to be a giant slayer. And so that's what we're doing is you sling out the stone and watch Goliath fall on his feet. So that is number two, part B. Thank you for listening. Okay, <laughs> number three, John eleven forty four. And he who had died came out bound and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Okay, so my title is Remove the Stone Blocking Your Resurrection. And my point number three is can you let others serve you even when it stinks? Oh, yeah, this is hard. Can you let others serve you even when it stinks? You're alive, but you're not free. God did his miracle, his supernatural miracle, but you still feel bound. Can you let others serve you even when it stinks? This is so hard. You know, a lot of us, we would prefer just online church. We would love that because it's me and God and me worshiping Jesus on my online church in my living room. Oh, and and today it's Sunday in my online church. I got a word for myself and I got it confirmed three times because I myself confirmed it three times. I might have many different personalities, but they all use themselves to confirm this word. (laughs) You know, it's just the best online church. And we like to come in and continue to have online church in physical church because we'll go in being closed and we'll leave being closed. Why do we talk all the time about connect group? Why do we talk all the time about men and women's prayer? Why do we talk all the time about church? It's because it's a place where it's not just you. It's a place where other people are there besides you. And if it's just you and God, sure you'll be alive, but you'll be stinky. You don't wanna stink. I don't want to stink. I want to be cute and, you know, with just, I don't know, cute outfits or something. I don't want to be walking around in grave clothes. But God asks and says, will you let other people into your life when it is the worst timing 
ever. I never want people coming over to my house if I was dead for four days and I still have linen cloth wrapped around me. Like I still have like TMI, like animal turds on me or something, you know, like, ew. It, yeah, like that, I'm sure that happens in the grave. It's like you get poop now on you. Like you're dead, I don't know. Like they wanna, there's like bugs that like wanna eat you. Ants, there's like an ant hill. <sighs> I don't know. Skin is like torn off. <laughs> I don't want to be seen during that time. That would be the worst time to have some people over to my house. I want to lock the doors and I'm going to figure out a way to just get these grave clothes off myself. But God doesn't want you to get them off yourself. You can't. You need to let other people into your world to take the grave clothes off to set you free, to get you on the path of freedom and deliverance and healing. But God, these people hurt me back in the day. Remember when I needed stitches and they put stitches in me because that's what I needed and it hurt? Now I'm bitter towards them. And these stitches are like a thorn in my side. Bitterness of people. I don't want them to touch me. And yeah, like I'm sure if you've been dead for four days and now you're alive, you might be a little angry. You know, the funniest person in the world, John Chris. I don't know if you all saw this little skit, but it was the best skit ever known to mankind, is that kind of the worst story in the Bible is actually this story about Lazarus. Cause he died and went to heaven. And he's, you need to see the skit. He's like, he's up there. He's like decorating his house. He has streets of gold. He's like shooting some hoops with, with Moses. And he's living the best life, he's in heaven. <laughs> And then he says, then he gets a little, you know, knock on his mansion. So uh, we don't normally do this, but we got to send you back. <laughs> don't normally. And then Lazarus is, you know, like, what? You want to send me back there? Like, there's no air conditioning over there. They don't have what we have here. Yep. Well, got to send you back. You know. Oh, my gosh. So he probably wasn't the happiest person to come back after four days in paradise. And he's angry, you know, you could be angry. The angry little creature when people get around you in that dark cave of yours with your grave clothes. But God is saying they're the key to unlock your miracle and to unlock new life. They are the key. It starts with connect group and then it gets even deeper. Like what God, come on Rich, you're telling me that I am bringing this amazing appetizer to connect group, isn't that enough? Now you want me to talk to people? Yes, yes, I want you to talk to people. I need you to let them in. <sighs> so how's your friend life right now? How's your connect group? Are you inviting people in your world because you need them? Are you blocking the life God has for you because you won't allow people in? Are people the stone? Is it bitterness that you have or performance that you have? I love to perform. I look so good when I perform. People like me when I perform. And then if I look, 
ugly or bad or something inside, they don't, they won't come to my show. Yeah, let them in, let them in. The other part to that is that God invites us to be miracle workers. So maybe you might not be Lazarus, but what about, are you a miracle worker with God? He will do the supernatural and then he invites you in to do the natural so that you can share in his glory. So he says, okay, I'm going to call this dead man out of the grace. I'm gonna do my part and give him life. So now you do your part and unbind him. Take off the grave clothes, you do that. Can you put your gloves on and take off the stinky clothes? Can you do that for your friend? Can you do that? Can you go in the dark places with your friend and not get offended, not be taking things personally, but actually go there with God and help take things off of your friend's life that is bounding them so they can have true freedom? Do you need to be the one that helps remove the stone? Do you need to use all your strength to help move the stone from your friend's life? Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to go there? I hope we are because as a church, if we have community in our life, if we have the right people, the right friends in our life, then we are going to see a miracle happen right now. So let's all stand to our feet. God has a miracle for us. He has breakthrough for us. You can lift up your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands. Some of us could be lifting up our hands right now and feeling the weight of that boulder, of feeling the weight of being in that cave, of feeling the weight of keeping this thing quiet that I didn't want to let out, but I need to let out because God, that's what you're illuminating in my life right now. I can feel the weight, God, as I lift up my hands. Yep, this burden's hard, but God, as I give it to you, and I take away, I, I believe again in you. I let go of any unbelief as I'm raising up my hands right now. Thank you, God. God, I believe again that all things are possible and I will declare that with my mouth until my miracle comes that all things are possible. I'm gonna declare it when I go home. I'm gonna put a garment of praise when I go home. I'm gonna have a new attitude. I'm gonna zip my mouth when the unbelief comes in my mouth. God, I give this to you again. This, the supernatural is coming. I saw for this service particularly that there are people here that are caught up with drugs, with addiction, with pills. I saw you opening that and putting it in your hands and you're saying, how much longer, God? How much longer do I have to live with addiction and with drugs? How much long do I have to be on these pills that are for antidepressant? How much longer do I need to be on these pills for my anxiety? God, this miracle seems too far gone. God, this is a cycle after cycle, it's too far gone. Living with porn addiction, it's too far gone. God, you want to resurrect this in me? Yes, he does. I'm telling you, there is new life for you this morning and there's a miracle that is gonna play, can take place inside of you right now, today. I can see it that he is freeing somebody up who is bound to addiction. You're gonna have a supernatural, a miracle is right now for you to grab that he's gonna take that, remove it from your hands. And I thank you, Lord, we give
give you the glory. Some of us need to keep on digging. We need to keep digging, but God, we give you the glory in that we turn our belief up again. Amen. Somebody say amen this morning. Come on. Let's continue to stand. Let's continue to stay. We're going to sing this song again. Let's declare it and believe it in Jesus' name. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.